0: <laughs> All right.
1: So as usual, we'll start with um, We'll start with reflection. So let's start the
2: ball rolling. Okay, Dr. Pauline, now go. Um, so last week, we looked at... Please, uh, can you speak louder? Last week, we looked at the sins of Jodah, Is open confession and repentance as a confession of repentance. You said, when women are pregnant, we seek the Lord and we look for prophecy before the birth of the child. You know, so before the birth of Jesus, something happened where someone will have to the burden to pray. Simon had the burden to pray that he would not die until salvation come into existence. Anna prayed for the child to be born and the people to accept the child. Judah was to carry the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Through him, the kings of kings would be born. Through him, the kingdom of Israel would be established. Through him, the salvation would be born and established. Judah sinned when he was supposed to report sin, and he did not. He sinned when he separated himself from his father's house and from his brothers. Every sin is punishable. As you know, the Bible said the wage of sin is death. Judah separated himself and the knowledge of God was not carried. Judah made a promise. And you said, a promise is a debt. And we are either made, when we made a promise, we made a promise for either a blessing or a curse. We cannot cover any sin because all sin would be exposed. A place of confession where it was not uh, for, Uh, her fault, the fault of uh, Tamar. um, How do, you ask the question, how do we handle promises when we are able to fulfill it? How do we handle promises when we are not able to fulfill it? When you talk about a woman that um, was was raped in church and she, you know, was impregnated and that the, the, the guy who, you know, raped her it came a point and a time when he wanted to, you know, kill, I don't remember if he said kill her or if he just wanted to hurt her, but she, you know, she pleaded for the life of the child. She said, you know, there's somebody out there that needed that child that, you know, probably can't have a child and will be happy for that child, will take care of that child. So please do not hurt the child. And she pleaded for the life of the child, you know, and he, he was exposed you know, for his wrongdoing, you know? So you ask the question, how do we treat sins and offenses? How do we settle sins and offenses? When Judah whose name meant praise, praise God, salvation would enter the earth and the heart of mankind. Jacob was crying, Tamar was crying and Joseph was crying. And Judah was nudging to repent because they were crying. Who are we praying for? As we study the word of God, our eyes are open to seeing. What covenant were we given that is crying? The repentance of Judah was an answer of God's covenant that was given to Abraham. All around because uh, he disobeyed and Jacob Tamar and Joseph was crying there was no food in the land in the realms of intercession some people will pray and their prayers will not be answered while some people will pray and their prayers would would be answered if we uproot ourselves from where God planted us we might not see heaven Reuben intercession was rejected because he put his two young children in the midst of uh, his intercession. He would not speak, he would not correct, but played a passive role. His petition as a firstborn was rejected because his father could not trust him. Judah involved everyone in his petition His petition was was accepted. There is a way to stand in intercession, not in self-righteousness or to boast, but to humble ourselves before the Lord. There's an assignment that God gives to you or to us, and it is so difficult. You know, sometimes it feels so difficult, the assignment that is given to us, where we feel like we are going to die but, you know, one scripture come to mind is that though we walk to the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil, knowing that God is with us, you know, because, you know, it didn't say that, you know, when we walk through, you know, uh, the uh, death, it says, when we walk to the valley of the shadow of death, you know, like, sometimes, you know, there are things happening in our lives that's, you know, just as you said, Dr. Pauline, because of the assignment we are carrying you know, it seems difficult. It seems like God has forgotten us at times. It seems like there's no way out. It seems like we are driving or we are running, but we cannot see the light of the end of the tunnel. But, you know, that is when we have to keep on pressing on. We have to keep praying. When we have a need, we make all kinds of promises, as you said. But then when, you know, an example of of that is, you know, what you, you know, you stated that sometimes we, you know, people are looking for a job and they will say, God, you know, if you give me the job, I give you, you know, my first paycheck and I'll make sure I pay my tithe every week when I get paid. But then when they get the job, they forget about giving the first paycheck. They forget about paying their tithes. (laughs) They forget Mm -hmm. about doing what they're supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. especially when we stand in church, you know, right in the, you know, podium and we we make promises, we have to make sure, do everything to carry out those promises. Because as you said before, promise can either bring a blessing over our lives, or it can bring a curse into our life. Are we hiding our Isaacs from God was a question that you asked that caused us to think, you know, think deeper. Are we hiding our Isaacs? Judah was hiding away from God. So he mingled with the wrong people. You know, who we, you always say, who do we take advice from? Who do we listen to? You know, are we open to correction? We shift our trust from God to someone else. Who is that person that we shift our trust from God to? Is it a person that give godly advice or is the person that gives secular advice? God did not call for Eve when, you know, Adam and Eve was in the garden and, you know, they sin. God did not call for Eve. He called for Adam, the one he gave the covenant to. So sometimes we abandon our position because of correction. You know, and we have to be careful of when we abandon our position because of our uh, correction, because then we will not walk in. It will, you know, it can eject us from our destiny, you know. It can, we can, you know, leave our place of blessing to, you know, and end up in a place of curse, end up in a place where, you know, all kinds of bad stuff start happening to us. Just like, um, you go back to, um, what's the name Naomi, where, Mm -hmm. you know, she leave her place of blessing into a place of curse. And -hmm. even Judah, because Judah, where he went, you know, he lost, you know, both his son and he lost his wife. And that's the same thing with um, Naomi, where she lost, you know, her husband and her children, you know, so sometimes, you know, because we refuse to take correction, or we, re- we refuse to remain where God has planted us, we walk away from our blessing, and we put ourselves in a place, you know, of curse. So we have to be careful of, you know, what we do when we are corrected or how we take correction, you know, and I just want to stop there at the, the point. That's what I am
1: Oh about. my goodness, that's good. That's good. Shall we all appreciate Evangelist Sarah? Okay, who else is there? Who else to share with us what you learned last week or the past week?
2: I'll go ahead, Dr.
3: Pauling. Um, okay. You were speaking um, on Genesis 38, once again. And we saw where Judah was very quick to pass judgment on Tamar. And uh, when you look at it, maybe he thought, you no, know, he had the opportunity to remove her totally from his family. So finding her with a fault, it would have been an easy reason for him to get rid of her and to save his son. However, wisdom caused Tamar not to have taken uh, an intangible gift, I'll call that a, a kid, the goat. Wisdom caused her to take a very tangible gift from um, Judah, and maybe somebody could say, you know, she could have stopped the act from happening and reveal herself to him, but then that would have been be- just between the both of them, and he would have not have been exposed, and so wisdom again, you know, oh, oh boy, it's a sad situation, but wisdom again tells her to go ahead with it. And the gifts that she took from Judah was very, very significant because it represents his kingly um, position. And um, you ask the question, as um, Evangelist Sarah says, "How we handle, how do we handle promises when we are not able to fulfill it, and also, how do we handle it when we are able to to fulfill it?" Mm-hmm. You, you let us know that as long as Judah was not in his right place, um, God's plans and the burden of the Lord was not um, was to cause the people to cry. And here we see where because he was out of his place, because he's a worshiper, because he because he was out of his place, a lot of things was happening and. The way you bring it forth, um, it's so uh, so profound because um, when you said that um, people were crying, we realized that the cry of, uh, um, of others caused so many different things to happen in, jo- in Judah's life until he took stock of himself and realized that he was walking out of the will of the Lord. So his sons died, and he he then made a promise to Tamar, which he to- totally conveniently forgot. Um, his father was crying. His father was crying because he has lost one son, and then the one that was supposed to be leading was walking. Uh, was walking out of the will of God, and so because. Judah himself was walking out of the will of God. His sons did not understand the covenant, um, the covenant that they were supposed to protect, covenant that they were supposed to carry. And so because of that, they they themselves walked into sin. Um, You could see that they did not understand anything about, the the, the the family trend or anything about the, the, the covenant how to carry um, the family the family seed. They didn't understand anything about that. And so um, to them, what they were asked to do was wrong. And so they, they, they could not flow with it. And that was because Judah was out of the will of God. You asked the a question, you said, um, why do some people pray and God do not answer? And this also is the, is when we're out of the will of God, when we're not walking in the will of God. And you said Judah was supposed to be the one to open up the gates of heaven with worship, but Judah was not, not, not where he was supposed to be. First of all, like his uncle, I I didn't even pay attention to see that he was that Esau was his was his uncle. His uncle went ahead and married a Canaanite woman out of rebellion. And now he also falls into that same realm where he was also with a Canaanite. Um, And so Judah was not finding himself. Judah, Judah was not finding himself. However, an opportunity came around for him to actually walk in that repentance. And that um, you talk about the famine and another, and once again, you took it to a whole different level because um, I used to look at it that the the, the famine, famine was for Egypt and it was because of what was happening in Egypt, um, why the famine came and God wanted to elevate Joseph but it was deeper than that. God wanted to reconnect the family of Jacob. And in order for that to happen, famine was, 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 was in, in, in every area. Judah himself experienced famine in the fact that he lost his family. You know, and um and 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 um the, the whole nation was experiencing famine in, in, in another realm with regards to food. So God was causing a whole lot of different shift in the atmosphere just to get um, Jacob's family to come back together. So this is where you see where God will shake up a whole nation just for one family or just for one person. You said that um, Yes. So that was that, that 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 was that was what I, I, I came up with with for for the um not much but that was what I came up with.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Shall we all appreciate, uh, Reverend Athia? Yes. And okay.
0: Sarah.
1: Who else? has something to say from last or the previous. Who else? Reflection time, who else has something to say? Okay, all right. So we thank God for today and uh, let's do our our creed. The Garden of Wisdom. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Garden of Wisdom. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the garden of wisdom. I am here in the garden of wisdom to gather wisdom, to gather wisdom, to To drink from the well of wisdom, to drink drink from from the well of wisdom, to receive instruction,
2: to receive instructions,
1: instructions. direction, direction, Direction. and guidance, and guidance according to the plan and purpose,
2: according According to to the plan and purpose. That the Lord has predestined for my life. That the Lord has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive receive it. it. I receive it. I receive receive it.
1: it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive receive it it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So we'll continue where we stopped last week. And I want to thank God for the reflection given that will enable us to remember last week as we move forward. And I'll read from Genesis 49, verse eight to 12 again. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's curb from the prey, My son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who does rule him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Unto tribute comes to him. <laughs> and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's coat to the choice vine, he has washed his garment in the wine, uh, in wine, and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine. And his teeth whiter than milk. Amen. Today, we are going to look at the blessings of Judah. Hey, the blessings of Judah. We look at the 12 point declarations of blessings that Jacob poured upon Judah let's bear in mind one thing judah was not a perfect man and uh i want to use this to say that many a times before god uses a person the lord will cause you to go through a type of trial where you can prove that indeed You can stand the test of time. The Lord will cause you to go through a challenge where you would have to prove that you know the difference between righteousness and evil. Where you have to prove that you know the difference between good and bad. Where you are able to prove that you know the difference between trusting in God and trusting in man. A lot of times we expect people that God used to be perfect. But when people uh try to pose as though they are perfect, they are rather living in the wrong. Because the perfection that they show diminishes the power of God in their lives. You know. Uh, There was a lawyer in the area where I grew up. And this lawyer did not want his children to have anything to do with the other children in the neighborhood. Not even good morning, good afternoon. And uh, every morning they had a driver And uh, wherever the children will have to go, they will be carried in a private car. They didn't know how to take the bus. They didn't know how to take a taxi. They didn't know how to walk because their house is also gated. And uh, they went to school very far away from home and their father don't want them to talk to anybody. And he will boast and say, he was raising perfect children and he doesn't want anybody in the environment to corrupt the children. Well said, but you know, one day, (laughs) one day he had already left for work And I don't know, I can't remember exactly what happened. The driver, I don't know whether he traveled or something, but the driver will have to take public transport and walk to their house to come and pick their children in his car to take them to to school. And that day, For whatever happened, when the driver got to the house, the the tires of the car had deflated and didn't have any means of uh, fixing the tires of the car. So he would go to somebody in the neighbor to go ask for help in order to fix the tire of the car and he was shown uh, a organizer place and the organizer said i don't want this man to kill me if i go into his house he would never ever talk to anybody in this area and he will not even allow a mechanic in the area to touch his car. If I go fixing your car now, and this man pops up, he may kill me because I'm a poor man. And he thinks that poor people should not come close to even his gate. So I am sorry, I can't help you. Because of that, the children did not go to school that day. Then when he came home, he saw the car was flat and the driver was waiting for him to come. And uh, when he also came, for whatever reason, his own car also had a problem. So his car had a problem the car for the children had a problem. Where will he turn to? His wife used to be a student in my father's school. So his wife walked across and came <clears throat> and spoke to my dad that this is the problem they have. And the husband doesn't want anybody in the neighborhood, even they their champion to come and help to fix any of the cars in the house. So they need help to get to where they have to go and bring the people to come and fix the car. My dad sighed, mm. I will never forget that. I was young. My father sighed, mm. And my father said, the person who does my own car is the organizer across the road. Ask your husband, will he admit that man? If he will admit that man, the two cars will be fixed before daybreak. Reluctantly, the husband accepted. But another thing will happen for whatever reason, soon after the children were going to school, the car broke down and they were stranded in the middle of the road. And suddenly shame was coming. Disgrace was coming, embarrassment was coming. The rich man's money could not save any situation at the time he needed help. And for the first time, I will see this man come into our house. And in our living room, and everybody was surprised, neighbors were surprised. What is Mr. J doing in our house? That something must have happened. By the time we realize, crowd were gathering in front of our house. Shame, disgrace, embarrassment. Oh Lord, deliver us. When people pop themselves up and they think they are better than other people. Soon we will see the children walking to the roadside to go and take taxi, to go to school. Soon. All I had, the little I had my father said, I can't remember everything, but summarizing in it, It's my father telling the man, humble yourself. Humble yourself if you'd Die today, what will happen to your children? Humble yourself. Sometimes, my father's driver would have to take him to where he will go to work, to his workplace. And then when he closes, he will take a taxi back. All I can remember is my father told him, Humble yourself. What you are doing to yourself and your children. If anything happens to you today, it could be worse than this. Why is your cars failing back to back? Why is everything in your life started going down? You are rich. You are wealthy. You lock your gate as if somebody is, will, will, will come inside and steal from you. You don't greet anybody. People greet you, you don't answer. Nobody could say hi to your wife or your children. The only reason why your wife could come to me was because your wife was an ex-student of this of, of, of school. My father's school was popularly called Steno That is the only reason that for Steno Your wife will never come close to us. When she says good morning, you will beat her up. She says good afternoon, you will slap her. What kind of a human being are you? My dad rebuked that man seriously, not knowing that is the beginning of his folly. Soon after, no more car. Soon after, no more cars. Soon after the children who were locked inside the house who could not even play on their own compound started walking around. Pride goes before destruction. What do we have? I want us to see something about Judah. Like I said last week, I am under conviction. Wherever I have, Lifted myself up. May the Lord humble me without shame. May the Lord teach me how to humble myself to be simple so that shame, disgrace and embarrassment will not embrace me, greet me and throw me where God has not planted me. Amen. So Judah was not a perfect man. There was a great promise in his life. Yet, he had his own weaknesses. He had his own faults. But because he repented openly, this is what I want us to know. Because he repented openly and openly asked for forgiveness of his sins, his weaknesses, what he did to Tamar, that also led to his confession of how he had abandoned the family that God had given to him. He was supposed to be praising God to open the heavens. He was supposed to be a leader. He was supposed to be teaching the Torah. But because of pride, he separated himself. But the day of repentance was a play, was a day of redemption for himself. And because of that repentance and his return home, when it was time to bless, oh my goodness. When it was time to bless, he received the greatest blessing among all the children, all the 12 children. Judah received the greatest. And up to today, Judah's blessing is covering the whole of Israel, the 12 tribes. Everybody that belongs to Jacob and and Abraham refers to themselves as Jewish people. But the original Jewish people were the descendants of Judah because Judah repented openly, confess his sins openly, he also received open forgiveness. Hmm. And I'm going to be connecting this to the life of Jesus Christ. How Judah had to repent And the other meaning of Judah is praise the Lord unto salvation and repentance comes. Praise the Lord unto salvation and repentance comes. Oh my goodness. In the blessing he was given. Oh goodness. The blessing said, hmm. The scepter and rule would not depart from Israel. What is a scepter? And we see that in verse 10, Genesis 49, verse 10. It says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Unto tribute comes to him and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Obedience of the people, obedience. What does it mean? What what is scepter? Scepter means authority. Scepter means the authority of the king, the authority of salvation, the authority of redemption. The king who comes to save, the king who comes to deliver, the kings who comes to redeems. How can you save if you don't know what it takes to save? If you don't know why we need salvation? We need salvation because there is sin. And salvation is given to correct. And so Judah will find himself in sin. And Judah will find himself in a place where he needed to repent. He needed to save a situation. He needed to plead guilty. And so when Jesus was taken before Pilate. he had to plead for the lives of the people he came to save. In the garden of Gethsemane, I I want us to understand this teaching beyond just a story. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying for the salvation of the world. While he was still praying for the salvation of the world, guess what happened? Judas, (laughs) we have Judah and we have Judas. Judah is praise. Judah is repentance. Judah is salvation. Judah is redemption. Praise God until mankind is saved. Praise God until the heavens open. Praise God until salvation comes. And then we have Judas who will betray the the, the, the need for salvation. Who would want to thwart the need for salvation because of money, because of money, because of greed, because of pride, because of selfishness. He listened to the influence from the negative world. You are Judas. Your name is like Judah. You can enter in there and stop the salvation and stop the redemption and stop the praise. If you are able to stop the praise, the people will scatter. There'll be no salvation. That is why when we go into, into the presence of God, we should not forget to worship, to adore, to glorify his name, to exalt his name. And when the children of Israel were going to conquer Jericho, the praise and worship team had to lead. The praise and worship team had to sing until the angels came down. And the walls of Jericho was broken down. That is why Sunday morning, we cannot joke with worship because that is a time to open the windows of heaven. Judah has that responsibility. But in order for him to understand his responsibility, he opened himself to temptation. He separated himself and went and joined the Canaanites. And God had to call, famine to come to the whole world because the world was crying for salvation. The world was crying to the unknown God who will save, who would deliver. Evil was going on in the world. Oh, yesterday I happened to watch a, a documentary a whole city that was destroyed because the people were wicked. Not Sodom and Gomorrah, there is another place. That was why people could not live in the Amazon area because they took people there, slaves, and any little thing they'll kill them. Any little thing they will kill them. And they killed their whole students school children, and you know, they were showing how the voices of these children cried day and night in that city. That nobody could live there, the voice of crying. What we don't realize is sometimes the problem happening in certain areas were because People disrespected God and the devil came in and took their lives and took their heart and took their soul. You know, when Russia and Ukraine war started, if you will remember, we started praying and suddenly we stopped. I did not tell anybody why I stopped, but I'll give you an idea. As I was praying, I saw something. Ukraine was supposed to be 75% Christian environment, but they have started practicing some evils in that area. As churches were rising, other elements were coming up. And already Putin had already made a promise that if, he's a, he, if he was elected president of Russia, he would bring back USSR, Soviet Union. He will bring them back. So his intention was to bring back Soviet Union. And in the Soviet Union, as much as they don't like Christianity, There are things you cannot do. There are certain offenses that if you commit, you are killed instantly. And according to what I am gathering now, families between Russia and all the Soviet Union are practically the same. But now people are using those places to commit so many atrocities. And so we cannot pray for the destruction of Russia as we cannot pray for the destruction of Ukraine, Poland uh, and all the, the countries, Georgia. They are all the same family, the same people. But what we need to pray is their salvation. Is their salvation so that salvation will come. We cannot start praying, God, kill Putney. God, kill this. God, no. I started realizing that when problems arise, either in our family, in our environment, it is because somebody has broken a covenant. Somebody has disrespected the covenant of Jehovah God. Somebody has despised the word of God, the promise of God, the covenant of God. So, as I studied deeper into Judah, that Judah was not a perfect man. He had his own weaknesses, he had his own faults. And when he was apprehended, He had to make a public confession. He had to repent openly. He had to plead forgiveness openly, which is the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to save. He had to become human. God in the flesh to understand how human lives in order to save us. So wherever we are, we are Christians, but we do come across certain challenges in life. Our challenges are not meant to swallow us or to kill us, but our challenges are meant for us to understand the meaning of salvation. That salvation is for correction. Last year, a young lady looked at my face and said, She doesn't believe in resolving problems. If anything, she'll call the police. I say, wow, you are in church. And the policeman who has his own problem in his home and working for the government is the one you will call when you have a problem in the church, instead of you to repent and seek solution to the problem. And when you die, will the policeman take you to heaven? Hey, 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 hey. So because of his open repentance, Judah received the greatest blessing. So one of his blessing, that the scepter shall never depart from him, from his descendants. What is the meaning of scepter? Scepter is the rod or staff of authority that a king holds, rulers, you know, hold it. When they hold it, you know, when they wield that sword, that uh, scepter, that rod, you know, whatever they say must be implemented. It's a decree, a weapon of decree. So when a shepherd raises that staff all the sheepfold know how to go. They know where to go. If animals, sheep identifies the rod, the staff, which is a scepter of authority, how be it we humans, the church, the flock. So is a it's is, is, is a wood that is covered with gold, silver, ornaments to show the power of authority. It is a weapon of rulership and authority. So when the Bible says the scepter in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah which means that Judah is an instrument of rulership. Judah is a commander of the whole world, a commander of salvation, a commander of redemption, instrument of salvation. And Jesus Christ Himself, Hebrews one eight to say. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So this is the, the, the kind of blessing that belongs to God himself that Jacob was giving to Judah because of confession. Repentance, forgiveness, spiritual protocol. That is why in Overcomers House, we don't start any meeting without observing spiritual protocol, so that the sins that you have committed, the errors that you have fought knowingly or unknowingly, you will have the opportunity to repent. So if you stay away because you think, oh, Uh, I don't like the spiritual protocol. How many times do I confess my sins? Hello. Confession is very important. Spiritual protocol. As I put it together, I realize this is spiritual protocol. You cannot enter the presence of God without cleansing, purifying yourself. Repenting. Hmm. And then Psalm 45, verse six says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. Mm. That means you are a ruler of righteousness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrance with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Worship, string instrument represents worship, adoration, praising God. Hey, that is one assignment that continues in heaven. Even as a king, David will always play the instruments of worship to God. What are we doing that stops us from praising God? What are we doing that we cannot get into a place of worship, praise, and adoration? That is when God releases healing. That is when miracles take place. That is when the glory of God is revealed in the midst of praise, worship, and adoration. Hey, 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 hey. That is why Satan likes to steal the people that praise and worship God. He goes into the church and take them out and fling them into Hollywood where they use sexual perversion to blindfold them, to fill their mind and their hearts. And they think it is better to praise the world, to praise Satan, than to praise God. The other day they showed uh, one of the popular popular musicians that is having uh, 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 one of the most following, millions of followers, and the rap he was giving was He's taking the children to Satan. He's sacrificing the children to Satan. And they were showing how even Christians and everybody is enjoying that song without hearing the lyrics, understanding the lyrics. What are we following? Who are we following? Again, when we look at Judah's blessing, Hmm. In another 12 points, Judah is a receptacle, receptacle of praise and worship. So his brothers will be connected to God through his praise worship. He's an instrument of praise. He's a house of praise, Judah the house of praise because of praise and worship every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord because of praise and worship he will conquer the enemy of israel the enemy of his life because he will reign as king among his brethren and across the nations of the world let me just chip in something that I would discuss next week but let me give you an idea. Hmm. We all know about the wise men that came from the east to come and give to come and worship Jesus when he was born. You know, they were Jewish people. They were coming from where? Daniel used to be where Daniel was kept in the Lion's den from Babylon. Because the teachings of Daniel and the people of Daniel, the Jewish people that were carried into slavery then, they had the word of God. They maintained the teaching of the word of God. They maintained the praise and worship of God and the knowledge of the the Messiah's birth, they had it and they kept it and they have been praying and worshiping. So they knew they were aware and they knew when the Messiah would be born and they saw the star. That is why the Lord revealed it to them and they came they were Judah, children of Judah, the Jewish people from the race of Judah. Those who who, who, who migrated during the time they were taken into slavery and they were taken into slavery because of their sins, because of broken covenants, because of disobedience, they were taken into slavery. But in slavery, they kept the word of God because wherever they were scattered to, the Levites were with them. So the word of God was kept, the Torah was kept. That is why the Bible says, bring up a child in the way he should grow. That when he grows up, he will not depart from it. Because they kept the word of God, because they kept the Torah, even when they were taken into slavery, wherever they go, the word of God never departed. So Judah made sure after he has lost his children and is practically his household starting a new family with Tamar, he learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. And one thing we are going to discover is when they went into Egypt, and They had to go and settle in Goshen. Judah was the one who was sent to go and inspect Goshen to make sure that Goshen would be able to contain them. And when they got to Goshen, Judah had to build the temple where they would gather to study the Torah, the word of God. If he didn't know how to repent, if he didn't know how to change his ways, that's why salvation means change, correction, repentance. Without repentance, there is no remission of sin. Whatever we are, whoever we are, like the rich man who lived in our our neighborhood when I was growing, growing up, I was very young. And I watched this man. I can remember him. I see his face now as I'm talking. God had to bring him to a place where he needed to humble himself. The two cars were were his gods. They worshiped the car. They won't talk to people. They won't greet people. And now he had to come and beg my dad. The same organizer he rejected was the same organizer that came to the house and fixed the car. Whom do we reject? Whom do we accept? Whom are we running away from? Whom are we avoiding? Hello? Hello? I remember the man who said, I don't go to uh, small churches and I don't want to have anything to do with small churches. When he died, it's a small church that buried him. The big church says they don't know him. They don't even have an idea who he was. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. I'm talking to all of us, including myself. We need to humble ourselves. When Judah was in pride, the whole world paid the price for his pride. The whole world suffered and paid the price of his pride. When he humbled himself, salvation came unto us. God used, God had already purposed that through the Jewish people, the whole world, that's the promise God gave to Abraham, that the whole world will know God, will receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because of Abraham. And God said, your descendants shall cover the earth. Today, the descendants of the Jewish people have covered the earth. But solidly in Judah, who demonstrated repentance, forgiveness? Who has offended you? Where are you running away to? When you die, can you run away from your grave? I remembered a man died and uh, the neighbors didn't know what to do. They didn't know his family and they buried him in a common grave. And I learned one of the sons came and insulted the people in the environment that they had no rights to bury his father. Uh, 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 Yeah, they had no right to bury his father. He dug out the man and uh, they use clay and so on to reshape him so that he will look like a, a, a living being. And then they put something in his eyes so his eyes are bright and beautiful. Decorated the man expensively and buried the man in one of the expensive graves in that environment. You know what happened? Thieves went and tied up the security guards at the grave and opened the grave and stole everything and then took the man's body, cut it into pieces and scatter it around the graveyard and somebody asked, who told them to do this? And somebody else said, the pride the man displayed. They can't find you. They don't know where to find you. Your father died in the house for days. They had to take him to the hospital. In order for the hospital not to throw him into mass grave, they put money together and buried him. And you came because of pride. You insulted them and went and mortalized your, your, your father. Now, whether it's the neighbors who did it or thieves that did it, whoever did it, it is to bring shame upon him. Let us be careful of pride. The Bible says pride goes before destruction. Judah repented and got the greatest blessing. Look, there is so much to say about Judah. The blessing says your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. We all know how David will go to war. David is a descendant of Judah will go to war and kill Goliath and make sure the enemies of Judah were afraid of him. And he said, with his bare hand, he killed a lion. His testimonies, he will be strong. Yes, David was a strong man, a strong leader, powerful. Strong enough to destroy the enemies of Israel. They were afraid of him. So much so that after his death, many decades after the death of David, the enemies of Israel were afraid to touch the children of Israel. Until one of the kings messed up, disobedient again, breaking the covenants. And the uh, and the promise the blessings is he will appear like a like a cup, not in strength, but sent in weakness. So we can see that when Jesus was born, he was born in a manger, humble, simple. He wasn't born in one of the most expensive hospitals. He wasn't born in the king's palace. He was born in a manger because he has to humble himself in order to save mankind. He's God. Why didn't he save us from above? He came down to come and save us. We all must learn the meaning of humility. Humility and stop pride in ourselves. Um, number, point number six, you have come back from the kill, my son. He lies down and rests like a lion. He is like a lioness who dares to disturb him. So we can see Jesus is referred to as the Lion of Judah. There is a bad lion and there is a good lion. And as the Lion of Judah, he is also the King of Judah. And he has the staff, the ruling staff in his hand. And it says, he will be a ruler until Shiloh comes. Who is Shiloh? Shiloh means peace. Shiloh means the place where the people will gather to sacrifice unto peace returns to earth. And when Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, my peace, I live with you. My peace, I live with you. Not as men give it. Which means in in, in Judah's blessing, Judah will ensure that peace come to earth and that salvation comes. Where there is correction, there is peace. But where the devil is ruling, there will be no peace. Because there will be confusion. There will be fighting. There will be wars. But Judah will fight the war and give us peace. That is why if we really accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our life must be corrected. Our behavior must be corrected. Our attitude must be corrected. In order for the peace of God to rule in our lives. So the scepter will never depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. So when Shiloh comes, peace will come, rest will come, and blessing will follow. If we are struggling and we are not experiencing blessing, it is because we have not accepted the purpose of salvation. The purpose of salvation is to correct us. That Judah made mistakes and he was corrected. Adam and Eve made mis- made mistakes, and God promised that He would send forth salvation. Noah was the first evangelist. Followed by Enoch. There were so many others. Before Abraham. When Abimelech offended uh, 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 Abraham by wanting to take the wife, Sarah, the Lord said to Abraham, Pray for him so that he will not die. Pray for him so that he will not die. What is that? That means that the scepter of salvation, saving of life, is already in Abraham, the great grandson of Noah and Shem. So yeah, he will tie his donkey to a grapevine, his called to the best vine. You know, in, in on Sunday, we had the triumphant entry. When we went outside and we you know we're waving. The, 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 palm, the palm branches and came back. We were demonstrating the fact that we need Jesus to save us. He has already come to save us. And we are declaring, Hosanna, save us, redeem us, deliver us from evil. And you can see that, oh my goodness, Jacob already saw what will happen and was Declaring it unto Judah because Judah has started demonstrating the path of correction, the path of salvation, the path of deliverance when he made mistakes by separating himself. And when it came to the point where he needed to repent, repented openly and went back to his father. And when it was time, and as soon as he went back to his father, then solution will come home. They have to go to Egypt to go and find Joseph, the missing son. And you can see that repentance will quickly bring solutions to us. If he did not repent, who knows what would have happened. But because Judah repented and he he, he demonstrated the repentance by going back to his father's house, by going back. And when he went back, it was time for them to go to Egypt, to go and find food. And he would play the role of the leader, the foreborn, who played the role of the leader? When Reuben failed, where Simon failed, where Levi failed, Judah would take that position because of repentance, because of confession of his sins and repentance, because of forgiveness. Without repentance, there is no remission of sin. For those who don't understand why, we have to repent and forgive one another. Listen. Until the day you humble yourself and repent. There are some repentance that have to be done openly. There are some repentance that have to be done. Maybe before the congregation. Maybe before the leaders. Maybe before some people so that your recovery, your restoration will come quickly and faster. I am seeing something here and I am under conviction. Wherever my blessings have been delayed, I am learning from Judah that as long as Judah was proud, I would not go to his father's house suffering came, poverty came. He could not receive blessing because the whole world was waiting for the salvation. The whole world was waiting for praise to take place, for worship to take place so that repentance would come, so that forgiveness would take place because Jesus came to save. So today, what are we taking away? The triumphant entry. So you can see so many challenges that came to Judah and his descendants. To David, we see Elimelech. Even Ruth has to come and repent. Ruth, the great granddaughter of Lot. Lot is a nephew of Abraham. So you can see that it's not only we who have to repent. Ruth was one of the first people to repent. He said, I'm not going, I will humble myself. Wherever you go is where I will go. Where you sleep is where I will sleep. Where you die is where I will die. Ah, Repentance. He's not saying it with your mouth, but demonstrating it in character, behavior, and attitude. David sinned and said, Lord, my father has sinned. I inherited the sin. Nonetheless, I have also sinned. Psalm 51, Create in me a new heart. That is a place of repentance. I don't want to be the old Pauline. I don't want to be the old Pauline. I want to be a new Pauline. I need a new heart, a new mind, a new soul, a new spirit, a new behavior, a new attitude. The old shall pass away and the new shall come. So in the triumphant entry, different people brought everything they have and laid it before Christ. Laid it. Even their donkey was somebody's precious animal. Gave it to Jesus. Who is your Isaac? What is your Isaac? What are you giving to Jesus? When we want children, we pray, God, oh, if you give me a child, the child will do this for you, the child will do that for you. When you want something, you make God a long promise. When it is time to fulfill the promise, you start telling God what you want. The triumphant entry was a place where people will give Christ everything they have. So you can see that Jacob saw it and prophesied it and declared it unto Judah. Hey, thousands of years before Jesus would be born, before David would be born, he would tie his donkey to a grave van. He's called to the best vine. Hmm. And people were celebrating. Hosanna, salvation has come. Hosanna, save our soul. And the red carpet, expensive clothing, velvet. They spread it for Jesus to walk on it. Have you spread the best of whatever you have for Jesus to work on it? What have you laid on the altar for Jesus? He will wash his clothes in wine. Hey, that is the the, the shedding of the blood, the blood of redemption on the cross of Calvary. His garments in the blood of grapes. That is the blood. Today, when we take the communion wine, it represents the blood of Jesus. The communion wine is made from grape. And this is part of the prophecy that Jacob will give to Judah because he repented. Because he repented. He changed his ways. He returned home to praise the Lord, to worship, to adore so that repentance would be effective, so that the salvation of the world would not be stalled. His eyes are darker than wine. His teeth are white are whiter than milk. The word of God is life. When we understand the work that you and me have been called to do, if you have been called to sweep, don't stop sweeping, don't get proud. If you have been called to, 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 to do something and then you you, you you think you have arrived, hello, be careful. Don't let pride step in because there is a day of trial ahead. There is a day of testing ahead. There is a day of examination ahead. You have to go through the valley before you get to the mountaintop. Elevation does not come without trials without trials and temptation, the devil will tempt you and God himself will test you. Jesus went through it. On his way to die for us, he was tried. Immediately he was baptized and the heavens opened and the voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He was driven into the wilderness to go and die to the spiritual self, to the flesh, so that his spirit will come alive. Coming out of the wilderness, Satan went and met him. and met him. Hey, if you are the son of God, you haven't fasted, you haven't eaten for 40 days, 40 nights, you've not drunk water, send these stones into bread. You'll be tried. Who are you? Nobody's above it. Nobody is above it. When you see your brother or sister going through trial, don't mock them. It's not sin that made Jesus to face trial. It's not sin. It's because of his salvation. It's because of his position. So when people are going to trials, don't think it's because they have sinned. Don't mock them, don't despise them, don't reject them because your own day will come. I was called into an emergency meeting this afternoon and we were told to pray for, uh, that Trump has sent out letters to all churches, to all Christians to come together on Zoom and pray for him this evening at six o'clock. And uh, Christians, ministers, waggling their tongue. Why should they pray? Hey, hey, and they went and I was so quiet. I was so quiet. I said, Darn. even if Trump is the worst sinner, even if he killed people, And he's asking Christians to pray. Instead of us to say, God, what shall we pray? Salvation of his soul? For him to confess his sins and repent? What are we supposed to pray? Instead of ministers waggling their tongue and condemning the guy the more. And I, I felt convicted in my spirit that this is what is happening in this nation. That is why Utah, the state of Utah, is canceling the Bible. They don't want to see the Bible. They are rewriting their own Bible in Utah state. And what are we Christians doing? Are we going to condemn them or we are going to pray for them? Anytime God tells you to pray for somebody, you know that the first thing you are praying for is salvation. Salvation, divine arrest, and not condemning. I was so sad. I repent. I was so sad that people we call ministers are saying they are not going to pray for him. but I felt convicted because the Bible did not give us the names of souls we should save. He gave us an open door to save every soul that walks through. That is why anybody you discourage from church, you pay for the blood of that person if the person never returns to God. And that is what the book of Ezekiel says. If Trump once upon a time repented and he did not go to church, he did not attend Bible studies, so he doesn't know what to do to fulfill Christianity. Who led him to Christ? Did the person told him the importance of Bible studies? Did the person encourage him to sit in Bible studies? If the person didn't do it, then the work of salvation was not done properly. And the person may be paying the price of whatever Donald Trump is going through today. That's what you don't realize. Jesus has paid the price. Our work is to make sure people are not dying in sin. Judah. Had to pay the price. <laughs> Father, forgive me wherever I have gone wrong. How many people have we saved this year? January, February, March. How many souls have we left to, led to Christ? And how many souls are we encouraging to come to Bible studies, to study the word, to come to church? And how many of them did we turn away? How many of them have we discouraged to go to churches where we don't even know whether the leader was, was, was a church splitter, church divider, who never repented and started a church, and so everybody he's bringing, he or she is bringing together, they are under right,
0: right, here. okay, the but I'm coming of sin.
1: Where are they coming from? Where are they coming from? Do they know the meaning of repentance? Do they preach repentance? Do they know the meaning of salvation? Do they preach salvation? Do they know what covenants they are carrying? We have to know where we are going. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. I once interviewed a, a, a man When I was a journalist, he was an Islamic leader who became a Christian. And I asked him, you were a leader. Why did you become a Christian? He said one day in Bible studies in school, he was doing Bible knowledge, not because he wanted to do, to become a Christian, but he wanted to know what is in the Bible. But he still continued to be a Muslim. And then one day something happened. Two imams drew the sword and they were going to kill. And he said to himself, where in the Bible did they say Jesus authorize people to kill? And he said, he started searching. And he found where, the Bible says, Jesus declared, I am going to prepare a place for you. But in the Quran, what he saw is, Muhammad said, I myself, I don't know where I am going. And he started comparing, started comparing. While the Quran gives authority to kill when somebody sins, the Bible talks about repentance when somebody sins. So he compared the two. So if Jesus is calling people to repent when they sin, and this other book is telling people to kill when they sin, he said, uh-uh, I, let me follow the one that says repent. So he went to a church nearby and tell the pastor that he has done so many wickedness and he wants to receive forgiveness because he wants to go to where Jesus is because with the religion that he belonged to, he has to be killed. For everything he has done wrong. I was so glad I interviewed the guy. And I understood that while Jesus says, when you sin and you repent, you'll be forgiven. Another religion says, when you sin, you'll be stoned to death, you'll be killed. So that is how this guy became a Christian. Beloved, what are we learning from here? Let us understand the meaning of giving our lives to Christ. Repentance is very important. Everybody, let's use a minute to pray for ourselves where I have failed to repent, where I have failed to forgive, where I have failed to confess my sins. Lord, convict me, convict me, convict me, convict me, convict me. me. Let me not rest. Let me not have my peace until I have repented, until I have changed my ways to be like you, until my day-to-day character, behavior, and attitude testifies to your life and death on the cross of Calvary. Let my day-to-day activities, my relationship, what I say, what I do, be corrected until I am transformed into the image of Christ, my Lord. Help me until I overcome in total transformation by the power of salvation that the importance of your death on the cross will not be wasted. Yes, Lord. Thank you. For this revelation. And Lord, I pray for all overcomers that anyone who has declared to be an overcomer will be convicted of sin until each and everyone repents and start demonstrating the life of Jesus Christ in our day to day activities. The righteousness will surround us and will fill our heart. That to overcome house will become a house of righteousness, a house of purity, a house of repentance. And each and every overcomer will become an instrument of repentance, an instrument of praise unto the name of the Lord. Whoever sees us, will feel the need to repent, they'll be convicted of their sins and they will repent so that people can praise the Lord because of us. People can worship and adore Jehovah God because they get into connection and contact with genuine overcomers. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody unmute yourself. Question time. Do we have questions? Everybody unmute yourself. Everybody unmute yourself. Question time, please.
2: I don't have questions, Dr. Pauline, but um, I am one of them that need to repent because when they talk about Donald Trump indictment, you know, I was just saying to myself, he thought he was untouchable and um now is the moment of truth so i you know like you said this teaching go deep for me because just like you said who him to the you know who you know when he was younger who told him that he should go to bible study and stuff like that so you know truly it's not good for us to judge because then we ourselves are judged so i just wanna you know just add that i repent thank you god bless you for repenting Doctor Pauline,
0: good night. Good night, Good night. And when you started, you say that you know many times before God, um, before God uses a person, He allows you to go through some challenges. You know, some things where you know, so much so where you know the difference between good and bad, or if you who to trust, God or man. Uh, for judah was he um going through challenge challenges or he just straight out sin was he going to a trial or or anything like that something like that uh i would say
1: that uh he was convicted sometimes when we don't know that uh, what we are going through is conviction. We are either guilty or we are under conviction. But before we can come under conviction, we must have the guilt first. So he was guilty of all that happened. And uh, instead of him to correct the matter and speak the truth, he separated himself. And this happens a lot, you know, um, many a times uh, when I have seen people uh, split churches or move away from churches and all that. And I ask them, why did you go and start your own church when you are supposed to be assistant pastor or you are in charge of you know, in a very good position in a church why did you separate why did you take the members to go and start your own and everything and the excuse they give i always tell them it's wrong one if somebody is doing something wrong and you notice the wrongdoing. The Lord has made you to realize the wrongdoing. It becomes your responsibility to look for ways and means to help the the, the problem to be solved. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord immediately, Yes, they were driven out of the presence of God because of contamination. But even before they were driven out, the Lord covered them. That covering means the Lord did not remove his hand of protection from them. He covered them. And even when Cain sinned, God did not give Cain up for destruction. God covered him and God put a mark on him so that he would not be destroyed. The same way, when we are in an, uh, a church or organization and there is an error, there is a mistake. Yesterday, some of the people I mentor, some of them were speaking error and so on. The time they were... Speaking er- erroneous, making er- erroneous statements. I was not on the line, and somebody keep, you know, calling me. And I checked the message, and realized that there was an error. What I did was, I went behind, privately, and told the person, "Hey, you are a leader." be like jesus christ when people do uh, uh, do something wrong and they belong to god and their leaders they are supposed to correct themselves immediately i say correct yourself immediately don't let us slip over this error otherwise it will become a case unto all of us the person started arguing i said listen i am not here to argue with you Go over what you have said and nicely, beautifully correct yourself. He struggled with it. You know, men don't easily take correction. He struggled with it. And then later on, he sent me a note. I am quitting. I said, listen, if you are chosen of God, if you are trying to be like Jesus Christ, then you have to be like Jesus. Jesus didn't quit when he was accused. Jesus didn't quit when the Pharisees accused him. He rather corrected the situation. I said, if you quit now, that means you are not genuine. You are not a genuine Christian. I said, if you're a genuine Christian born again and you're a true pastor, that you say you're a reverend minister, I need you to correct yourself and I need you to repent and I need you to put yourself back. It took him two to three hours. He
0: then sent me a note. You are a true mother. (laughs) That man said, you are a true
1: mother. So, you know, repentance is, it, it, whether we like it or not, if we want to enter heaven, we have to repent. That is why, especially we evangelists, before somebody dies, when God shows it to us, we have to quickly go and lead the person in the prayer of repentance and forgiveness. I cannot pray for somebody to die because they offended me. If the person doesn't go to heaven, I am not going because that is the law of God. So the man repented and the person, some of the people too, who, who alerted me, they all sent me a note and their name. And they all said, mommy, there is no one like you. You are the only one who can cause tough people to repent on this platform. I didn't take the glory. I just said to God be the glory. Thank God that they are hearing the truth and they are repenting. These are ministers. So what I want to say to your question is that we must always be ready to repent. So Judah saw the need to repent. Because one, he was guilty. And instead of making peace, he separated himself. And that's what people do when they are guilty, they separate themselves. When they are guilty, we don't see them in church. When they are guilty, they don't talk to you again. But all those reactions prove that you don't fear God. Have I answered
0: you? Yes, I'm the following one more question. um, you said that um, When problems arrive in our family is because someone has disrespected the covenant of God. Now we see here Um, a whole lot of things going on in people's life. Poverty, destruction. You You said sometimes poverty and destruction comes because of unrepentance. You also ask the question, you know, who have we saved who have we brought to Christ now so much things going on in people's life you know and the Bible said because of lack of knowledge my people perish you know I I always say you you teach some hard lessons you know things that we are just gaining knowledge of you know even though we might be going to church from our From we were kids there are some things that we're just finding out but you say you know um when when um when repentance brings solution so with all this destruction and poverty that's going on in 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 people's life is because of unrepentance and you said also you say that you know um when problems arrive in families because someone has disrespect, disrespected the covenant of God. Um, okay. Yes. Have you finished? Yes, that's the problem. Okay. Let me put it
1: this way. Now, just like you see, Judah was disobedient, and his disobedience would affect the whole world. So when we talk of breaking covenants and disobedience, sometimes it's not direct. It could be a second party. It could be a third party, mm-hmm. it could be a fourth party. Yes. I'll give an instance. A child was brought to us in overcomer's house many years back. And that child had, instead of five fingers, had seven fingers. I've seen six fingers before. I've never seen seven fingers. And the toe also was seven fingers, but the thumb, the big toes were like somebody caught it. So you can see the mark of the toe, chopped off. But that is how the child was born. Nobody cut it. And the tumtu was as though somebody chopped it off, but nobody chopped it. That was how the child was born. And uh, when they came, the father was hiding the hand in his pocket. Even when he sat down, his sons were in his pockets. He wouldn't bring out the hand. And for whatever reason, I just felt I should look down. His shoes were very broad in front, which means that after he has bought a shoe, he would have to take it to a cobbler, a shoemaker to do an an extension. The father had the same seven toes, seven fingers. When they filled their form, they were not answering most questions. And so, when I was talking to them, the woman would keep turning his face to to the husband, would not answer most questions and the man will not talk. So I had to send the woman out. And I asked the man, I said, do you come from a wealthy family? He said, well, I don't know. But I was told that uh, my great grandfather owns the whole town where we came from. I said, was your great grandfather a man of authority? Yes. And he owns a lot of workers. So, when some workers misbehave, they chop their hands, especially if they stole. Hmm. That is just part of the story. So, you see, great grandfather was chopping up people's hands. And some of these people died cursing their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. Now, a a child of maybe fourth or fifth generation or even seventh
0: generation has seven fingers. What is that? Somebody else sinned. Somebody
1: else is paying the price. And the Bible says, the fathers have sinned. The fathers have eaten, uh, have, have eaten sour grape. Uh, the fathers have sinned and the teeth of the children are set on edge. So this is what happened. Sometimes when we are doing things, what we don't realize that our refusal to repent or make correction, is going to be a generational iniquity. The repercussion will be on an innocent person. So when we are aware of what the word of God says, that is why I don't joke with Bible studies. And I will say that even if it's only one person, I'm going to teach because I don't, the the, the Lord that called me did not tell me that I should only teach when there is 10,000 people. He gave me the assignment. He gave me the unction. He gave me the anointing. He gave me the wisdom. Whoever refuses me or rejects me is refusing and rejecting God. And that is what the Lord told Samuel. The Lord told Samuel, if the people reject you, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me, Jehovah God. So here we are. Anytime we have a responsibility to tell the truth, to teach the truth, to correct people, we should not look at the faces of the people. Let us do our assignments with the fear of God guiding us. So it's not directly that you broke the covenant. Maybe your father, maybe your auntie, maybe somebody in the family, but you, possibly in a particular lineage will pay the price. That is why when we confess our sins, then we will not pay the price. But when we confess our sins, do we also repent? Is the repentance that is a major thing. You can confess your sins and not repent. And when you don't repent, it seems the sin is still with you because you have not thrown away the garbage you collected. So repentance is like throwing away the garbage at the right place. If you don't throw away the garbage at the right place, the city will give you a ticket. You don't want to be ticketed. So we had to learn how to throw away our garbage and make proper correction and make sure that we are not holding on to what should be thrown away so that we don't make the blood of jesus useless in our own life have i answered you
0: yes dr are Um, you sure you understand i think i I need to ask you said that you know sometimes it's not directly this person that's sinning, but maybe your aunt or your uncle or your dad or your mom has sinned so when you go to pray uh all these destructions are happening in your life, and it's not because of you, but it's because of generations before you. yes, and you said repentance brings solution yeah so um when you're praying, can you say oh, I don't even know what question I want to ask um it's them that did it, and it's affecting you. how do you <laughs> uh, how is that? Uh, when you go to pray, you repent. You repent of, You ask God to, um, to. I, I don't know, what to ask I know. It's them, but it's I affecting know. you. But can you say? Can you repent for them or what? what how how do you?
1: Okay. Solve let's, that
0: part of it.
1: Okay, let's make it simple. Let's look at Psalm fifty-one. Let's see how David repented. That will help us. Yeah. Let's just look at it quickly because I know we cannot stay longer anymore. But let's solve those problems because I don't know how many people have the same questions. Look at the way David repented in Psalm 51. It says, for uh um, it said, Have pity on me. Oh no, let me let me use a prop, uh, another one. Um that would be let me use a." Uh, ESV or King James. King James is better. Okay. He says, um, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Okay. Now, verse 51, uh, uh, verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Iniquity means the things you plan to do before you did it, premeditated sin, okay? And then from my sin, which means there are two things there. Iniquity is premeditated. Iniquity is something you inherited from your parents. Iniquity is something that you have seen people do all the time. And you see mommy do it, you see papa do it. And then you too, you develop your own style, all right? And then verse three says, "For I acknowledge my transgressions. Transgression has to do with the loss of God." All right? So when we don't go to Bible studies, we don't know the difference between iniquity, sin and transgression. And my sins is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in my sight." That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and declare when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, verse 5. I was shaping, which means that I was brought up in sin. My parents did so much and I copied it. Okay, so there is a place of bringing your families. And there is a place of presenting yourself. Some of us don't know our parents, so we don't know what they did. But some of us, we remember what our parents did wrong. Let me give you this funny, funny, funny instance. There was a lady that I ministered to. And let me not be too vivid, but let me just give the story. And uh, she said, uh, uh, the, the 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 father-in-law was a witch doctor, but was not practicing the witchcraft as people would think. But what he does is, when visitors come to the house, he will offer them drink, and the drink he goes into a particular room to go bring the drink from his refrigerator. And one day, he asked him, why is it that you don't serve people drinks from the the drink in the kitchen or whatnot? Why do you go to your room to bring them drink? He said, don't worry about it. So one day, he decided to spy on him. You know what he saw? This man pees into a bottle. And mix it to different kinds of things and come and serve it as drink. He doesn't give them much, just a little, you know, the touch, but a, 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 a wine glass.
0: And his, the trouble this woman was going through, the children,
1: the trouble the children were going through because of this man's wickedness. Just like I, I, I have mentioned, the, the man with the seven toes, seven fingers, because of the wickedness of his four parents. So these are things we see our parents do things we don't understand. As we grow up, we begin to, to realize it. What do we do for ourselves? Are we still saying, oh, that is what happens in my father's house, and I can't stop inside. No, you are born again. Change your ways. That's the meaning of being born again. That's the meaning of repentance. So the Bible says, Lamentation says he renew our spirits morning by morning. The essence of quiet sign is to renew our behavior, our spirit money by money, the essence of going to church is to go and learn how to renew the essence of Sunday school is to learn how to renew how to change how to improve our Christian life. So we are not that ignorant. And the Bible says because of lack of knowledge, my people perish. So there are things we know,
0: and we should not be in denial. Have I answered you? Yes, that's the Thank you.
1: (laughs) It's funny. We all go through it. We all go through it. We all, we came from somewhere. We saw our parents did some things we didn't like. Even when they tell us to go and lie. We don't know why. Say, when Janet comes, tell her I am not (laughs) home. And then as soon as we see Janet coming, we run. Mommy, Janet is coming. Go and hide. Mommy, Janet is coming. Go
0: and hide. That is so true. Wow. We teach our children to lie. And they double the lie.
1: And who will pay for it? You know how, how the credit card company will charge? The company will charge you for being late, the banks especially. If you give a bounce check, you pay the $39. The person who received the check will also pay for it. So double-edged sword. The one who lied and the one who influenced you to lie, everybody will pay for it. <laughs> Any more questions? That's it for me, Dr. Colin. thank you. All right. Can we have one reflection before we go? One reflection before we pray for our communion.
2: Go, Doctor Polly.
1: Okay. Go um.
2: Thank you. So, uh, we looked at uh, Genesis forty-nine. You expound on where we look at the twelve-point declaration of blessing Jacob poured on Judah. Before the Lord can use a person, He will call them to go. He will cause them to go through some trials to stand the test of time. You must be able to overcome the trials before the Lord can use you. And you spoke of the lawyer and his children. Um, you know that you uh, lived in your neighborhood. You said where the lawyer was a very wealthy man, a man of status, and he didn't want his children to you know, talk or his wife to talk to, you know, the people in the community, because he was afraid that if they did, you know, they will, you know, you know, pick up or learn bad habits and, you know, would not conduct themselves well, you know, however, you know, he said they used to travel to school, you know, in, you know, cars. And um, there was a day when, you know, trouble started when, you know, the car broke down. The children were not able to go to school. And nobody, the, the mechanic in the area was afraid to even go near his car because he said he didn't come to his house. He doesn't let anyone in his house. He doesn't talk to anyone. So he would not, you know, even go to see what was wrong with his car because he was afraid. And, um, you know, um, you said when he came, you know, home from work, he met, the, he met the children, you know, who did not go to school because the car wasn't running, up and running. And his car also wasn't running the way it should. So now there was two cars that, you know, weren't functioning. And the children had no way of going to school. They had to start at one point, you know, taking the bus or, you know, walking or however they get to school. And, you know, you said it, it was all kind of, you know, embarrassment, shame and embarrassment, that, you know, he started to encounter because of pride. And you said your father, uh, the wife was a student of your father. She went to the school that your father, you know, your father's school. And uh, she went to your father and she, you know, was talking to your father and your father, you know, was talking to that man. And he, you know, he pointed out certain stuff to him. He said, you know, why so proud, why, you know, you know, he pointed out, you know, the way he was living his life, you know, that he doesn't let his kids or his wife talk to anybody. And why would people want to do anything for him? You know, if he doesn't associate himself with people, I'm just putting it in my word, Dr. Potty, uh why would he want to uh, associate himself, not associate himself with people? And, you know, a perfect example was that time where it was a time where he needed help and no one was there to help him. So, you know, he told him that, you know, he has to put pride aside and start, you know, to associate himself with people. Because if he don't, you know, bigger things will begin to happen, more shame, more disgrace will come about. And how is he going to handle it if he, you know, is all by himself with his family, you know, with no one around to help? And, you know, that was a wake-up call, you know, for him. You said pride, goes you know, as the word said, pride goes before destruction. You know, many... You said, may the Lord you know, humble all of us without um, disgrace or without embarrassment. Judah was not an honest man. He had his own weaknesses, but he repented. And because of his repentance, he got the greatest blessing in his own family. Because he confessed his sin openly, he received his blessings openly. The blessing he received was the, uh, the scepter you know, according to the word that you read, one part of it I captured was, the scepter shall not departed from Judah. And you said, scepter means the king, it means salvation. Judah found himself in a place of sin where he needed to repent and plead guilty. In the garden of Gethsemane, Judas, when Jesus was praying, Judas would betray the need of salvation because of greed, pride, and selfishness. If he was able to stop the praise, there would be no salvation. But Judah had the responsibility of praise, but he separated himself. When problems arise in our family, someone has broken a covenant or disrespected God. Therefore, we we are Christian, but we we have to go through certain challenges in life that should correct us so that we would maintain salvation. A scepter is a staff of correction that a king holds. When an order is given with a scepter, it must be carried out. It is a decree that must be respected. It is a weapon of rulership and authority. One assignment that continues in heaven is worshiping God. Satan, you know, he hates when we give honor to God. So Satan will steal the children of God by going into churches, stealing the children and flinging them into Hollywood, into sexual perversion. But Judah was an instrument of worship. And, you know, you mentioned that in church, you know, and, you know, when we come to church, especially on a Sunday morning, You know, when the worship go up, when the praise go up, the heaven open, you know, the glory of God will come down in the worship, you know, and you, you warn us um, about coming to church late after the worship, you know, is over. What do we receive when we come to church at that time? Judah is an instrument of worship. The wise that come to worship Jesus The wise men that came to worship Jesus were Jews, Jewish people coming from where Daniel was, and they knew where the Messiah was because Jesus revealed it to them. There were Jews that were taken into slavery, into captivity, but they kept the word of God. When they went into Egypt to settle in Goshen, Judah had to build a temple for them to learn the Torah. You ask the question, who who do we reject? Who do we accept? And who are we running away from? When Judah was in, 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 um, in pride, the whole world suffered and paid a price for his pride. Judah demonstrated repentance. And today the whole Jewish nation covers the earth. The blessing stays your hand will be at the neck of his enemies. And after death, the death of David, the enemies were afraid to touch the Jewish people. We must all know the meaning of humility and stop priding ourselves, stop pumping us up, you know, up ourselves, you know, because, you know, just like, you know, I repeat again. Pride goeth before destruction. When Jesus left the earth, he said, my peace I leave with you. Judah fight the war and gave us peace. When Shiloh come, peace will come and the blessing will come. Noah was the first evangelist. And then Enoch followed by, is it Shem, Shem? The, the scepter of Judah was in the hands of Abraham Jacob saw it and declared it unto Judah repentance will quickly bring solution to us um and you know there you talk about Donald Trump where you said you know you know today was a day when he was um indicted he was arrested and you know you said you went to a he was in a, a, a prayer session where you know are you you know you he was told that at six o'clock everyone should, you know, pray for Donald Trump. He asked for prayer, and Christians, you know, was, you know, there. You know, they didn't see the need, you know, to pray for him. Nobody wanted to pray for him. And um, you pointed out that, you know, when he was younger, who told him to go to Sunday school? Who, you know, encourages him to go to Bible school? And uh, as Christian. Yeah. You know, I found myself in that predicament because, you know, today when I heard Dr. Pauline, I laughed, you know, not to laugh at him, but I was saying, you know, he thinks he's a God and nothing could touch him or nobody could get him. And, you know, I said, look what is happening to him now. But then when you said that, you know, I was truly convicted because I said I'm a Christian and beside I'm an evangelist. So I'm saying, you know, this is where, you know, yes, I should be praying. You went on to say, um, um, repentance will quickly bring solution to us. Where Reuben failed, Simeon failed, and Levi failed. Judah, because of confession and repentance, overcame and carried on the lineage of salvation. When we sin, we should repent and move on. In the triumphant entry, the people laid at jesus feet everything that they owned, even their donkey what have you laid at the altar for jesus was a question that you asked the communion element that we take the wine you know which represents his blood and the bread which represent his body is part of the prophecy jacob gave to judah when we are called to do something we should not let pride step in in order for us to carry out our assignment, we must get tried by Jesus and tempted by the devil. Jesus paid the price and we should make sure that people don't die and go to hell because we fail to do what we supposed to do because we don't stand in the cab, because we don't um, you know, lead a soul to the Lord. We don't share the gospel of salvation. You know, we remain, you know, selfish, you know, even with the gospel message, but we should do what we know, you know, to do to draw souls onto Christ. And you ask another question. Do we know what covenant we are carrying? And some of us, we really don't know the covenant we are carrying. We don't even understand our assignment here on earth because we have an assignment, but you know, we put our secular assignment over our godly assignment or over our divine assignment and you ask the question over and over again how many souls have we led to the lord you know how many souls have we you know tried to you know rescue or pull out from darkness you know by spreading the gospel message you know that's a question that was asked and it, you know it troubled my spirit because as an evangelist what am i doing how am I doing it? I need to do more. I need to, you know, get with the program where I, you know, do more to carry out my divine assignment or, you know, that's what I'm feeling right now. Conviction. And, you know, Dr. Paul and I just want to stop there. That's what I walk away with. Ah, Thank you. Thank you.
1: Shall we all appreciate evangelist Sarah? Yes, 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 yes. So thank you all and uh do great
0: things for people
1: uh, don't don't yourself, Right? Don't let people play you. Right? Because the culture of this All right. Let's take our communion. Is the VP here? No, she's not. All right. Today from what we have heard The elements represents the word of God and the wine represents the blood of Jesus. The word we have received today, let us pray that that word will be planted into our body, soul, and spirit. Everybody pray for yourself that as we take this communion, the word of God will never depart from us. that the Lord has said, do this in remembrance of me. We want to go back to the place where God called us. Where we made the vow to be Christians, where we decided to follow Jesus. That, that decision should not be thrown away. Let our life be a red carpet on which Jesus rides. Let our life be laid at the altar that Christ will use us
3: to use save that? souls. No.
1: To save, to deliver and to yes, heal I mean, I souls.
0: Trust. Father
1: God, we thank you and we bless you tonight that the word that we have heard shall not depart from us, but your word shall be written on the breastplate of our heart. It will be bound around our neck. It will be a spectacle in our eyes. It will be a lamp to the path and a light to our feet. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father that our household, our families, our friends will know the truth. We will all know the truth and the truth shall make us free. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, eat and drink ye all of it. Amen. Reverend Athia, are you there to give announcements?
3: Reverend Athia? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, Yes. This week is Holy Week. As we all know, on Friday, we have family prayer at 9 p.m. And um, on Sunday, we have resurrection Sunday service. For next week's Sunday, service starts at 9 a.m. because we're having an early day next week, Sunday um everyone is asked for us to try to be there on time also on the 29th of this month is our mission breakfast if we haven't found it up if we haven't gotten a ticket as yet please see evangelist sarah um, for your tickets also we have an encounter coming up when we're asked, asked to pray towards our mission breakfast because the breakfast the proceeds goes towards um, the evangelical missions that Dr. Pauline goes on. Also let us pray towards our divine encounter. Let's lift up the visiting pastor that is coming in. His name is Prophet Abner. Let's pray for him and pray for his family as um, he's preparing to come in for um uh, for our season. We're also taking in new members on June 4th. So folks are being asked to see us um, so they can have the form to fill out. Um, any other questions, they are to, to um, you can see any of the leaders and um, answers will be given to questions.
1: Amen. Yes. Amen. Before we go, uh, I see a prayer request for emergency uh, intervention. Our sister Kay says uh, the mother is seriously sick in the hospital at St. Luke. So she's requesting prayer. Let's all of us just pray for sister Kay's mother. Everybody just raise up your voice. One shall chase a thousand, to Chase 10,000. Everybody just pray for Case mom, that the Lord will touch her and heal her right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless you that with you all faiths are possible. At this very moment, we bring our sister Case mother before your throne. Jehovah God, we pray that this sickness will not be unto death, that this sickness will not be unto death. Give us the opportunity to lead this woman to Christ. Give us the opportunity to to, to bring her to a place where she will experience Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Father, we pray for her healing right now, wherever she is at St. Luke Hospital. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing to you, Case Mother. We declare healing, instant healing, miracle of healing unto you. So that you will have the opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare that this sickness is not unto death. Therefore, be healed and be restored right now in the name of Jesus. There shall be no sorrow.
0: There shall be no pain. There
1: shall be no death. There shall
2: be no premature death. We so thank
1: you for healing, the case man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: All right. Shall we share the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Truly. Goodness Good. and mercy shall follow us
0: Good.
1: all the days of our lives, Good. and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever
0: and ever.
3: Amen.
1: Thanks, Amen.
3: God.
1: Thank you all for coming. See you hey. on Friday. Students hey. no school this Thursday, so see you on Friday. God bless you.
0: God bless. Good God night. Bless you. Good Bye. night.